Welcome to the Talking Solutions with the Chesh podcast. I'm your host, William Cheshire. Join me in learning about optimistic solutions to some of society's problems as we interview entrepreneurs, small business owners, and employees, among others, working to provide solutions and bring positivity into the world. Welcome. We have another edition of the Talking Solutions, a podcast here. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a little bit about education in the sales and jobs and things of that nature as well. I have the founder of Citrus Connect Recruitment, I should say, over in the UK, uh, Miss Lena Palmar with us. And Lena, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me there. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Always a fan of kind of crossing the waters a little bit of business as well and getting into the UK and the European kind of markets as well, not just in the US too. So I thank you for taking the time to, to kind of come on with the time difference and everything as well. But first and foremost, Lena, why don't you just describe to us exactly what Citrus Connect Recruitment does and how it helps people and, and provides a great solution? Yeah, absolutely. So Citrus Connect um, is a recruitment agency specializing in the sales marketplace, um, mainly in the UK. We have a specialism for the recruitment of direct sales um, candidates, specifically candidates who want to have a self-employed direct sales career. Um, but yeah, the way we help people is just, it's, it's helping companies grow is our biggest thing that we do you know we really get on board with what is your business growth plan and what is the sales headcount that you need as a company in order for you to achieve that objective so i sit with the clients we create a plan and then my team work hard and we we match the right candidates with the companies is essentially what we do which is great, right? Especially because, you know, empowering the workforce as well and making sure that, you know, these people are getting out there with proper job opportunities and, and really matching it, which I think is a great part of recruitment, right? It's just kind of setting people up for, for hopefully success is that kind of long-term thing. Lena, I'd be curious to, to hear what types of companies do you particularly work with? Do you have kind of a niche? Are you all over the place or do you specialize in any or, or tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, any industry really, as long as they have a sales force. And just talking about empowering people, you know, it's for us, direct sales really gives people the ability to have um, personal sovereignty when it comes to their, you know, finances. And since COVID, we've really seen a massive increase in people really wanting that, you know, they want to take the responsibility into their own hands. And, and I think, you know, if we're talking about empowering people, that's one definite way that Citrus Connect is, is doing that for sure. With the, you mentioned uh, COVID and kind of the pandemic and things of that nature. Has that changed the nature of your work at all? Or have you seen a big difference between kind of COVID and then, you know, now kind of post COVID and kind of how that's affected things? Yeah, like I could talk days or hours um, on this subject, but um, I think the biggest, biggest impact we've seen or the biggest gap, uh, if you, if you would say, is that us as recruitment firms really can't keep up with the demands of our clients at the moment. People are wanting candidates yesterday and there is a massive shortage at the minute of the right people. And what we're seeing at the minute, you know, post COVID, if you can say that, there's in the UK, I'm not sure about the US, but I'm sure the trends are, are very similar. We're in, at, at an all time high with job adverts. So there's about one and a half million job adverts at the moment live all across the UK, which is actually an increase of nearly half a million pre-COVID. So 
and, and unemployment, actually, again, I'm not sure what the stats are for the, for the US, but unemployment in the UK is 4.2%. Um, and at a peak during COVID, it was 5.2%. So unemployment isn't the issue. What is the issue is the skills shortage that clients are requiring at the moment. So I'd say if we're talking about gaps, like that's the, definitely the biggest gap in that marketplace at the moment. One of the changes that we've seen since COVID is that redundancies and people losing their job jobs has really driven um, an increase of entrepreneurship um, which is you know so great to see and so great for, for our business where their candidates are looking for that personal sovereignty as well and want to take the control into their own hands where 30 percent of new businesses in the uk from 2016 to 2020 were actually a result of people being uh, made redundant and losing their job um, so we've seen a massive increase in entrepreneurship. There is a, definitely a big skill shortage at the moment and recruitment firms and companies just can't keep up with demands of our clients and their own demands as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think especially because you talk about like the entrepreneurship increase, right? Like I think that's something that what the pandemic really empowered a lot of people to do as well is kind of spend some time looking at the internet and going, oh, wow, I can I could kind of create a business just online. You know, I don't have to worry about things. So I was curious to see how that would work. And it sounds like there are so many more jobs now. And the challenge now is maybe more focusing on trying to find the right candidate for the employer, which has, I'm sure, always been a challenge, right? But I'm sure maybe it was more balanced in terms of matching potential employees to employers. And now you're just trying to get people in front of the employers. I don't think it's about getting people in front of the employers because it is, it's about the match. And I always say to my team, you know, when I'm training them, I always use the analogy of dating when it comes to recruitment because you're match you're literally matching a candidate and a client and it's a quite a deep and intimate relationship that a client and a candidate has together so you've got to match them not just based on skills but on values and integrity like are you going to get on is is one of the things so you know to be good in recruitment you really have to match people not just on um, an aesthetic or a level of skills but also level on um, culture and values as well. And I think that's just as important. I think there was a poll, at least in the U.S. recently, when it comes to, you know, what they're what people are looking for in terms of their employers is culture, it's fit, it's do they believe in this company's mission to work. So I think that that is a great point as well. It's more about maybe fit than it is just about an individual more so than in the past, at least in the U.S., where it was Uh, hey, I'm just going to work to work because it's what I'm told to do and what I'm supposed to do versus now I think the difference is, and we have this thing in the US and I don't know if that's carried over to the UK where it's called like the great resignation. It's like this wave of people kind of quitting jobs and stuff like that where it's like our unemployment rate is only 4%, but there are so many more jobs available right now. Like there are just tons of jobs. People are hiring like crazy and they can't find anyone and everybody's kind of perplexed why. Now, I don't know. I want to preface that. I don't have actual data or facts behind this. So what I'm saying is just kind of what I'm kind of hearing and stuff. And I think that the entrepreneurship is one, but I think the cultural values is another is I think people are starting to get a little more picky in the types of jobs that they have now, which is kind of a a good sign, I would think. It's a really good sign. And and we did a poll recently on LinkedIn and money ranked not at the top at all when it came to people looking for jobs. It was all about value, all about culture. Um, And it's really about people really want to make a difference and they want to add value into a business. Well, the right people do anyway. You know, they want to make sure that they're working for a business that aligns with what they believe in so they can make a true difference and make an absolute impact. 
Yes, and the impact I think is the 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 optimal word there, right? I mean, our generation, you know, the the millennials, the Gen Zs, I get, and then I can't remember whatever the new generation is now. I'm sure they're they're much more focused on impact and and uh, that they create. You know, Lena, another thing that I kind of wanted to ask you about what you've been seeing in terms of the quality of kind of CVs, applications, CVs for those that may not know in the U.S. It's just resumes. In, in applications and kind of the strength of that and how they're built. Uh, are those, is the quality of those getting better? Are they getting worse? Is it getting kind of streamlined because you have platforms like, you know, LinkedIn or something where you can just one click apply or where have you kind of seen that in terms of that? Cause I think that's an important issue, especially, you know, at educational levels. hundred um, percent. Um, and it all starts with education. Um, and I'm, as a person for me, I'm really passionate about getting in at the ground level with education, you know, it all starts, is the school system providing a platform to educate children about how to apply for jobs and when you're in a job, how to perform well in a job and what is it that your employer is actually looking for you to make, where, uh, where is your employer looking for you to make an impact? And I think it, it's incredible what I see and what my team see on a day-to-day -day basis when it comes to CVs. Some CVs don't have contact details on them and they're great CVs and I want to speak to them. The layouts of some are just so not easy to read. You've got some which is such, such a narrative. A hiring manager will make a decision on whether or not to read your CV any further within 30 seconds. An experienced recruiter will make that decision within six seconds. Therefore, you've got to make sure that that first impression grabs the attention. And, and the biggest problem is lack of structure and absolutely irrelevant content, and then not the right content, because if without contact details, how can, how can anybody contact you? And there is such a lack of education, you know, and, and we do provide a, we've, we've written and created a free guide, which is the seven secrets to your resume or CV success. Um, on our website as a company we feel so passionate that people need this education and we've really provided a free tool for people to be able to do this right um, your CV needs to present authenticity and value and also like one of the biggest misconceptions out there as well Will is that people believe that their resume or CV will get them the job. And you need to flip your mindset and really change this to understand that your resume or your CV gets you the interview. And it's actually the interview that will get you the job. So you've really got to flip that and understand that mindset. And, and I think that's the, the biggest thing that we need to change out there. The purpose of the CV is, is almost like a business proposal, you know? And, and in your interview, and, and that's what's going to get you the job, but your business proposal is going to get you into the door to get the interview. Exactly. I mean, the CV is more or less just trying to get you in front of the employer so you can sell yourself within the interview and, and presumably, you know, speak and create that kind of connection and whatnot and trust. So it's definitely a good flip. And, and we see that, too, in the U.S. as well with it. Um, and I think, too, that the that you mentioned a great word like the education, like at least in high school, you know, hell, even in college, you know, I don't even remember being taught or university or uni. Um, I, I don't even remember being taught about resume structure. You know, I, I learn about all the topics and the degree that I'm doing, but I don't I didn't recall a specific time where 
I had to put together a resume and it was critiqued properly. And especially because it's ever changing. I mean, I know in the US, a lot of companies just use keywords. They put it through this filter. And I mean, you may not even get past because you have to understand the keywords to hit on the job title, which is a whole nother thing that just kind of discounts candidates. Absolutely. And we do go through that in the free guide that we, we offer people as well. But you've really got to, I think there's one thing that we do always have to remember. And with the technological change, these four things, I believe will never change. You know, an employer is only looking for four things in each and every employee that they have. One is, can you bring in new clients? Can you bring in new revenue? Can you retain existing clients? Can you help reduce costs? And can you refer good talent? Ultimately, if we simplify things, and I'm just such a, I like to think in simple ways. If we simplify things, an employer is just looking for those four basic things. That's it, right? I mean, again, and, and and that's an issue I think a lot of people have in general is that they overcomplicate things. I mean, you can do so on a regular basis in everyday life. At the end of the day, you know, it's like working out. I mean, at the end of the day, there can be so many different, maybe not fads is the right word, somewhere, you know, legit, but, you know, everybody will tell you, oh, you should be doing HIIT training, or you should do long distance training, or you should be doing weight training, or you should do CrossFit, or you should box. You know, at the end of the day, what's most important is that you just have a consistent exercise routine. If you're trying to lose weight, eat less calories. If you're trying to gain weight, eat more calories, eat clean, whole food. I mean, it's just, you simplify it. And like you say, it's the same thing, like you just broke down with kind of those four pillars that you know, companies are looking for that you can just kind of break that down and simplify it, which is, I think, a really important message. So you mentioned within that kind of seven steps in that free document uh, that you kind of provide people to kind of help with the CVs and the teaching and the coaching and whatnot as well. Do you do any of that within the business? So for example, if you get an applicant and you're trying to place them, do you kind of help them tinker their resumes and things of that nature so that they can have a better opportunity at, at getting their chance to sell themselves in an interview? Or is that something in the future? Or do you do that now? Yeah, so really, really great question. And we want to support our candidates wherever we possibly can. And if we feel that a candidate is a match to a client, um, we will absolutely, we'll have an in-depth conversation with them about their experience. The, the key here is what value did you add to your previous companies? And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make on their resume or their CV is that they go into description mode. They go into narrative. I did this and this was my daily routine, et cetera, et cetera. As a recruiter, as a hiring manager, as a client, we don't really know that. You can do that in one bullet point, but tell me with the rest of your bullet points, what value did you add to that company? Did you exceed targets? Did you change processes? You know, what impact did you make? Coming back to that big word of impact, what impact did you make in that company? And that's where I feel that we can, we do provide support because we want to present that candidate in the best possible light. So we have that conversation with them. We then go back to their CV. We'll fill in the gaps where we, we possibly can. And then we'll present that candidate to our client. And we're not misrepresenting. We are just enhancing their chances of, of getting an interview. Right. Giving them an opportunity to get their foot in the door, right? Which, you know, a lot of times... I have limited hiring experience. I have done a little bit of hiring. I've looked at some resumes and, you know, it's it's funny because sometimes the resume doesn't match the interview, right? Like you get a resume and you're kind of like, all right, well, this hits all the check boxes, but it seems kind of dull. And then next thing you know, you get somebody who's energetic and passionate and you're like, man, all this person needed was an opportunity. So I think that that's, 
So important as well. But I'm curious, like in your experience, like just so we can break this down a little bit so maybe people can have a better understanding of what you mean by just enhancing it. So you mentioned how people will just kind of say, I did this, I do that. So maybe maybe saying like, uh, what's an example I can think of? I could say that I manage social media and Instagram accounts for X company. And that would just be like, that's what I did. But maybe a more enhanced way to say it is an example. Correct me if I'm wrong. You could say, I increased the amount of engagement on our Instagram account by 160%. Is that like, is that an example? Bingo. Exactly that. Exactly that. And you know, and that's why there's a lot of um, CV builders out there and they will write a CV for a candidate. But what I would recommend to anybody looking for a job at the moment, one CV is not going to cut it for every, every job that you're applying. You need to tailor make that CV for that specific job. You know, I know we've simplified it, but we can't ignore that we do live in a robotic age at the moment. So you have to get past the bots and you have to make sure that you've got the right keywords in there. A keyword for one job role may not be the same for the keywords for another job role. So having a template is fantastic, but you've got to make sure that you're tailoring each resume or CV to a specific job as well. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense, right? You don't want to just have the same generic. I imagine, you know, well, yeah, I mean, once that gets in front of the eyes of a human being, they're going to immediately see that and go, this is just a generic resume or CV. You know, this is just the same thing. So it's interesting. So just you, your advice then is to just make an overall template that's a solid CV resume. And then on each job that you're applying to kind of customize it based on maybe what the company's needs or values are. 100%. Exactly. Okay. Very good. Very good. Here we go. Education, people. This is an educational episode about how to help you get jobs. Okay. <laughs> you know, I want to I want to learn a little bit more about what your aspirations are for Citrus Connect recruitment. How long have you been in business? The journey a little bit, how it's played out, and then what types of visions you have in the future for the company. So I started um, Citrus Connect over 12 years ago now. I think I'm hitting on 13 possibly. But um, I started my um, professional career in the fashion industry. And after losing my job um, in the fashion industry, and I, and I don't know if anybody's been there in the depths of despair, not knowing what to do. But I, fortunately for me, I found a gap um, in the recruitment marketplace for the recruitment of um, self-employed direct sales candidates. I actually managed to secure the Automobile Association as my launch client and helped grow their sales force by over 200% within an 18th month period. In that period, I mean, I just worked with that one client, but we worked so hard, we tracked everything and we created a recruitment process that was simple, easy and efficient, not just for us as the recruiters, but for the clients and for the candidate as well. And since then, we've managed to grow. Um, not only we don't just recruit for self-employed direct sales people now, we recruit for sales roles across the board, whether it's telesales, field sales, employed and or self-employed across all industries. My vision for the future is really to educate companies on how to have a clear hiring plan when planning for business growth. Um, and to understand what, what we call a re, um, recruitment matrix within our Citrus framework. You know, there's not just a lack of education when it comes to candidates, but I, I firmly believe there is a lack of education when it comes to clients as well. For them to know that just because they need 10 salespeople tomorrow, that 
it's an unachievable thing for you to, to strive for. You've got to have a robust hiring plan so that we, that hiring plan aligns with your business growth aspirations as well. So I think as a vision, that's definitely my vision. Ah, okay. So kind of something that's a little bit more cohesive that makes sense that's not as sporadic. Yeah, absolutely. I think recruitment and hiring it is so reactive when it comes to clients. And, and sometimes it is because you're not expecting certain people to leave. But do you know your retention percentage? And if so, plan for that and have a hiring plan for that. And if you've got a retention um, figure together with your growth aspirations, together we can put, put in place a hiring plan which, you know, allows for, for both growth and um, attrition within your sales team. Good. And I have a question about sales as well, because I feel like sales is an interesting topic because I think that word is associated in a negative context, at least in the U.S. Uh, you hear the word salesperson or salesman or saleswoman or whatever it might be. And you're like, oh, geez, you know, here we go. I'm getting the, the pitch. I mean, obviously, the worst case scenario is you think of the car salesman, you know, or something like that. But I would say as well that with the Internet and with everything that's kind of changing and you mentioned a spike in entrepreneurship that I would say the that sales is maybe a little bit misrepresented as a whole. You know, I mean, I'm a business owner. I have to sell all the time. Uh, and one thing that I've noticed on the internet as well is it's a lot easier to keep people accountable than it has been in the past, right? Like if you are conning somebody, you're going to get ousted and, and it's not going to be pretty for you, right? And so I think that the idea of sales has changed into a sense that obviously you have your traditional outreach and I'm, I'm sure that's what a, a lot of your clients and whatnot will do. But I'm curious to get your a professional opinion when you look at sales more of like a it's shifting into like this value spectrum as well, where like you have to provide kind of a lot of value and sales just to me seems to be evolving so much. And I'm curious in your 10 plus years of experience, if you've kind of noticed a similar trend. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, for me, sales is actually a life skill. You know, we're constantly selling and the negative connotations that you talk about, I think have been created by the door-to-door the, the -door salespeople or the, the kind of old style kind of direct sales that I would think about. However, if you look at it as a life skill, you know, we're constantly selling. If you're a, a mum, you are selling your children on eating vegetables versus junk food. Probably losing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're dating though, you know, you're selling yourself as a potential life partner, we're constantly selling without even knowing that we're doing it. We're selling ourselves certain products when we're doing our research, you know, where pros and cons list is a sales process. Sales is a life skill. So you need to think about that sales in, in that context, I believe. In terms of sales as a, um, an industry and, and how I've seen it changing over the years, I definitely have. You know, our consumers nowadays are a lot more uh, mature in their thinking and they understand sales. So sales has massively changed just because the consumers changed. And therefore, um, companies have had to relook at their sales processes, come up with new and in innovative ways in order to sell, sell to people. You've also got the introduction of, you know, technology, social media. Email is huge for selling. And then you've still got the traditional ways of selling, which is, you know, telesales or face-to-face -face sales. 
But there's so many different ways of, of sales now that we're always being sold to or we're always selling something. And I think that's really important to, to bear in mind. You know, we get manipulated every single day by mass media who message us to consume. They're selling. It is everywhere. You know, you make such a great point, you know, when you bring up the, I mean, I've always thought, oh, yeah, sales is a life skill. But then I start thinking and I'm like, everything seems to have to do with sales. I mean, mm -hmm. especially with the dating analogy. I mean, it makes it kind of, <laughs> it seems like dating's weird, right? Show up on a first <laughs> date, you know, you're just kind of like, all right, I need to vet this person. What You know what I mean? Like, and then I need to put on my best display. I need to have my best smile, my best answers. I need to articulate myself in a great way that's attractive to this, maybe this individual. And that's really an interesting point right there that it's it's kind of everywhere. I mean, you're, you're doing sales even with you, your kids eat vegetables, right? Or you're trying to pitch your friend to go out to an event that they don't want to go to. And you're like, come on, let's go. You know, like, it's everywhere. Like you said, it's literally everywhere. You don't even realize it. There it is. It's, it's a life skill that you've created in yourself and you don't even know it. Yes, exactly. And then obviously, obviously in the professional realm of things, you mentioned a big change. I mean, a lot of it has to do with copywriting. I would say a lot of a bit, a, one of the biggest person's sales strengths these days would be in their ability to write. Would, would you kind of uh, agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Email is huge. I know email people feel is getting old, but I just think it's it's the biggest tool that we have because you're in somebody's inbox face to face you may not be able to get on the phone to them but it's the next best thing getting into someone's inbox you've got to be able to attract that person to whatever it is you're saying very quickly and there's an art in doing that yeah and i think that all comes through the writing as well right like that's that's kind of where it comes down to if you had that proper structure and going forward with it so that's a really interesting lena Another thing I wanted to ask you about that I find interesting about yourself and the company as well as, you know, on, on Instagram and things of that nature as well is that um, your own personal journey, right? Like, what is it for yourself? What is your mission? You know, I notice all the time you're about sustainable living and kind of minimalism type practices and things of that nature as well. And I would just be curious to just kind of learn and, and wonder what motivates you to kind of live that way and have those types of values. It all started when I actually sold my first home and moved to many cities, copious amount of times, but I felt this urge um, and calling, if you like, to just really simplify my life. Uh, so I sold everything. I thought I was just selling my home, but actually I ended up selling most of my things in it. And I just led a very simple life for, you know, a few months and, and realized how enriching it was for my life. So it brought the, to the forefront for me the importance of just simple living and how enriching it can be. But also then there was this other component of kind of conscious living, you know, and sustainability that comes within that. For me, sustainability is, is about living a simple and a conscious life and, and really being mindful of how, of how kind of my personal actions really, well, yeah, like what, impact are my personal actions having on the, the world like and societal impact right it makes you think a little bit harder about it and and, and kind of really kind of see the the changes that you have so i'm curious to see like how you how you kind of blend that in with your company as well like you mentioned the word simple quite a lot so i imagine that that must be kind of a motto for you as well it's just not just 
through work, but just make things in general in life much more simple than complex? Absolutely. There's three words I live by, and that's simple, easy, and efficient. Simple, easy, and efficient. All right. <laughs> Um, and the simple always comes first because even when I'm training my team or we have new procedures at work, it's it's always about can a five year old do this? You know, is it simple? Because the simpler it is, the easier it is to teach, and then it the easier it is for my team to be productive. You know, in, you've got the other side of kind of sustainability and conscious living, which is reducing carbon footprint or, you know, minimizing the use of and the damage to the earth's resources. So we try and make my business as, as paper free as possible. We travel as, as less as we need to, you know, it's, it's really just being very mindful of of our actions and how it impacts others and and the earth. I love it. That's a fantastic way to kind of go about it, and and the 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 the, the three words as well, all kind of within a similar family, if you will. And who doesn't like things that are you know simple fishing, all that good stuff? It's great, um, easy to understand, <laughs> easy to digest, right? I mean, that's like the with writing. They say you should write at a fifth grade level for most uh, most online yes. copy, and it's that exact thing. So yes. I find that really interesting. I think it's really important as well, like for me, what I realized what, since I started living this life is that I send a message with the money that I spend. We vote with our dollar in the US or the pound in the UK. And going back to what we were saying before about sales, you know, we need to ask ourselves if we are getting manipulated by the mass media who message us to consume, that then we, as human beings, have the choice. We have a personal choice what to consume and how to consume it and i think that's where the, the two key questions we need to always ask ourselves as well spot on i mean it's like with social media right some people and i have said this so much that social media is terrible it's one of the worst things that's happened right but i've learned it's how you use it right social media in and of itself is a tool but if you use it in a different way the algorithm is a it's it's artificial intelligence it's just machine learning so it's just learning so if you are surrounding yourself with more things that you align with that positive that inspire you or whatever it might be it could be argued that it could be a great tool you know versus a negative tool so i think you make a great point there and it's, it's funny you know you talk about my instagram page and it's something i only started about a year ago and it's it was uncomfortable for me and i was like who's going to listen to me who's going to want to follow me and i had personal you know complex about it however you know one of the actions we can take for a conscious for conscious living is to use our voice not just to use our voice with you know our peers and the people that we speak to on a daily basis but what social media and instagram personally have done for me it's given me a platform to use my voice to show people what it is that I stand for. You know, it's important that we don't just live and exist, but we, we, we understand what it is that we're standing for and then we use our voice, even if it is social media, to, to amplify our message. And it all ties back into the sales and what we were talking about at the very beginning, where people are now looking for jobs, they're looking for companies where that they can showcase themselves on an individual level, on a personal level. And and you know, work for companies that have similar values and are mission driven like themselves. So I love it because it all you're kind of all seeing it kind of reflect back into the workforce and then in the individuals' lives and stuff like that. It's, uh, you know, kind of why I wanted to ask just to see how that's blended in yours. And I think I got a good understanding. And the thing is, no one can be perfect, perfectly sustainable. You know, it's impossible in my eyes, especially 
you know, if you live in a city like I do, but we can make tweaks in our actions and in our choices. And that's for me is what it's about. Yes. Like you said, it's an individual choice. What can you do? How do you act? How do you perform? Interesting. Um, Lena, I want to bring this back as well. And I ask you what tips you have for people with their CVs, with their resumes, you know, what are things that, you know, we've talked a little bit already about kind of enhancing it as well. But, you know, if you could break it down into three steps, five steps or whatever it might be, um, you know, what are some things that people can be doing right now to improve their CV, improve their resume, to give them a better opportunity at being able to, again, sell themselves within the interview? I think it's going back to some of the things I've already mentioned. It's, it's understanding the mindset that your CV or your resume gets you the interview and it's the interview that gets you the job and see your, interv- uh, so see your CV or your resume as a business proposal. It's got to be authentic, but more importantly, it has to show the value that you're going to add into the employer and the impact that you're going to make in the business. I think you need to structure your CV well. Um, And I have written a LinkedIn article about how to structure your CV. And you need to take out all the irrelevant content and make sure it's you've got the relevant content. Tailor each CV to the job that you're applying for so you can get past the bots, make sure it's got the keywords that you need in it. But the two resources that I can recommend is my LinkedIn article about how to structure a CV and the seven um, steps to your resume success as well. Go find them. LinkedIn, you can find the article on uh, her LinkedIn. And then, of course, you can find uh, the information, the seven steps, the guide, if you will, on the Citrus Connect website, which we'll get to in a moment and what it is. But uh, certainly some positive things to go there and some things that can help you out. Again, and Lena, I'm curious, we talked a little bit about kind of the education system. I want to get your opinion on maybe where you think that's trending. Do you see a shift in any of the the schools or hear it about like, okay, we need to put together more practical skills? You know, another thing that I think is completely missing from at least in the U.S., uh, you know, we call it, you know, high school, right? Mm. I think it's college over there. Is that correct? 16 to 18? 16 to 18. What do you call that? It's still school. Okay. It can be college. No, you're right. It's college. Yeah. College school. school. Depends. I know more about the UK than you do. No, <laughs> I'm playing. Um, but yeah, a, a point being from that time from six to 18, another thing that never gets talked about is like the skilled trades or work in that nature as well. But I want to get your opinion on where do you see education, whether you think that'll be in the hands of, of schools and the, the public system, or do you think it'll be more like kind of companies like yourselves where you're offering those tips and whatnot to actually better educate these uh, potential job seekers? I think it'll be a mixture of both, if I'm honest with you. Um, it's really interesting. Schools are getting more involved in this side of education. And I have been approached by many schools to go in and do some workshops on CV writing or talking about what employees are looking for. So I think it has been on the, on the education system's radar for a long time. And you can see people doing things now to to positively impact that within the education system but I also think it is the responsibility of a recruiter it's my job it's what I'm passionate about so I take that responsibility on my shoulders to educate it because it's not just a school issue you know there's people who for generations haven't had access to that so we're talking about children now who can have access to that type of education but what about the people who missed it as a business have a responsibility to educate those people 
Yes, I love it. The again, the, the education, the responsibility, taking things into your own hand to kind of educate the people that are you know don't have the luxury of being able to to get to that access and those resources in the school. So I think that's fantastic. Um, Lena, is there anything else you, you'd like to add around Citrus Connect uh, recruitment or your business or yourself or, or anything uh, before I let you go here? Is there ways people can kind of support? How can they get in touch if they're looking for work and they need some help? Or what are some things that people can can kind of do that you'd like them to know? Yeah, absolutely. I think Citrus, you know, visit the website Citrus Connect. If you're looking for a sales job, then please feel free to uh, drop off your CV. We have a CV drop off service on our website. We'll be happy to have a look at that for you. Um, obviously, the C- free CV um, download guide, which I think will be super helpful to people. But yeah, just mainly if you're a client looking to grow your sales team, if you're a candidate looking for a sales job, a lot of our sales jobs don't actually require sales experience, which is fantastic. It really provides you an opportunity to give you that personal sovereignty that you're looking for. So whether you have sales experience or not, please have a look at the website. If there's any sales jobs that interest you, please contact us and we'll be more than happy to help. Yeah, there you go. No experience needed. You can still go out and get a job and get a sales gig for you, if you will, out there. That is an excuse. You know, one of the other values at Citrus Connect is no excuses. No excuses. I like that one a lot. Just go ahead and go. It happened. Deal with it. Just move on. No excuse. Keep grinding. 100%. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Lena, anything else or is that got you covered on that front or that you'd like to add for us here? No, you've got it. got it all. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've enjoyed this conversation. It's an interesting topic, really, when you talk about um, the education around uh, CVs, resumes, getting jobs. And, and it's a very important thing that people need to learn, especially if you're coming out of uh, university. Um, it's something really important. So, so Lena, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and speaking with us today. No, thank you for having me, Will. It's been a pleasure. Yes, it's Lena Palmar, the owner of Citrus Connect Recruitment, and that's Citrus Connect. You can find them online on the website. That's citrus-connect.co.uk, so you can find them on there. They're also on Instagram, social media platforms. Of course, we'll have links for you on our Instagram page as well. So I encourage you to go check that out and then you can get some easy access to go figure out some ways if you're looking for a job or if you're a company that's looking to grow your sales team or things of that nature as well, get some help through Citrus Connect Recruitment. And then also they have the free resource as well. So if you're looking just to touch up your resume, your CV, there's an opportunity to do so there. So I encourage you all to go check that out. And that is going to wrap up this edition of the Talking Solutions podcast. I thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead, drop a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or hit that like button on YouTube as well. So again, thanks so much for tuning in. Looking forward to interacting you, with you on the Instagram channel. Go follow the new uh, Chesh Tech Instagram account as well, Chesh Tech Agency. That's all about supporting B corporations, impact-driven companies, and things of that nature as well. But until next time, have a great rest of your week. Thanks for listening to the Talking Solutions with the Chesh podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode, and you can find out more about our featured guests and their solutions on our Talking Solutions podcast Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels as we focus on highlighting individuals providing solutions to social problems and bringing optimism to the world.